Good morning and thank you for inviting me to share some of my life experience with you. My name is Karen Usher and I'm a part of Anthem Church in Durban North. If the surname Usher seems familiar to you, that's because my parents, Lawrence and Ingrid, fellowship here at home ground. I think they might just be this church's biggest fans. So Westville's actually my home village and I grew up not so far from here. I'm also very grateful to be in recovery from substance dependence, what we know as addiction, and that's what I'm here to talk about this morning. The word testimony means statement of evidence. In this context, proof of God's power, grace, goodness, and love. Those who knew me before, or who are familiar with the formidable force of addiction, will know that just my standing here today is evidence enough of God's authority over any form of oppression. Addiction truly is a wasteland, a valley of dry bones, far removed from God's original intentions for our lives. My addiction cost me dearly, materially, but more significantly in terms of my relationships, integrity, sanity, dignity, and self-respect. My addiction acquainted me well with rock bottom, with desperation and decay, and with madness. I also hurt a lot of people putting them through distressing and disturbing experiences which they shouldn't have had to know. I lost a lot of time that I cannot get back, years and years that could have been productively invested in friendships, a career, motherhood, a family of my own, making a positive difference in the world. It's not that these things didn't matter to me in the past, of course they did, but at the time my drug of choice mattered more. This is what happens in addiction. Using matters most. Not because we choose it to be this way, but because by the time we cross the line from abuse into addiction, we've completely lost control. Authority in our own lives has long ago been handed over, along with our freedom of choice. In Romans 6.16 we read, Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death. This is why slavery is such a good analogy for addiction. In addiction, our drug of choice has mastery over us. It calls the shots. We keep doing the same destructive thing over and over, despite the awful negative consequences. Even when we know we shouldn't or don't really want to, because addiction is defined by a state of powerlessness. But why, you may ask, how on earth do you get to this point? It's all so irrational. Yes, absolutely. Central to the slavery of addiction is a set of extremely warped, entrenched beliefs that make using appear rational, reasonable and acceptable when it's clearly not. In other words, addiction is sustained by lies that we deem to be truth. For many years, I perceived using to be critical to my survival. I genuinely believed that my drug of choice provided me with attributes that I could not manufacture by other means. Motivation, confidence, boldness, capacity, comfort, acceptance, relief from emotional discomfort and anxiety. Remember, no one sets out to make drug addiction their future. Addiction doesn't begin with addiction. 
In fact, in the beginning, substance use doesn't present as a problem at all, but rather as a dysfunctional solution to a problem. A way to cope, avoid, escape, deny and medicate psychological, emotional and spiritual dis-ease. As a teen, I definitely didn't develop healthy coping skills and I laid down a number of seriously unhealthy beliefs about myself and the world. Into adulthood, I carried a lot of self-doubt, social anxiety, low self-esteem, and an insecure identity. Spiritually, I was completely disconnected. When I encountered my drug of choice for the first time, as an adult, it presented as an easy way to momentarily escape my perceived struggles. This made it exceptionally alluring. A low-hanging, shiny apple full of persuasive promises. So my initiation experiences with drugs set up a dangerous, fatal belief in my life that substances could do something for me that I couldn't achieve on my own strength. As a result, I allowed, allowed myself to turn to it more and more for rest and relief, developing a reliance that set the stage for later dependency. Of course, in the early days, I also believed that addiction would never happen to me. Don't we all? But addiction is insidious. It creeps up on one. As we go, strongholds strengthen, and powerful psychological and physiological elements are added into the mix. Things like tolerance, withdrawal, denial, neuroadaptation, conditioning, and shame that make it harder and harder to get out. This is why sustainable recovery requires a radical renewing of the mind, heart, and spirit. At this point, I'd like to appeal to anyone listening here today who's struggling with an addiction or an unhealthy reliance. Maybe to a substance, but also maybe to a behavior, to ga gambling or gaming or self-harm or binge eating or watching pornography. Current addiction science proves that these process addictions are just as damaging to our bodies and brains as crack cocaine and heroin. Don't wait until the damage is great. Don't believe the lies that you can self-manage your problem or that your using doesn't affect who you truly are. Addiction is progressive. It will continue to expand and get worse over time. In the course of addiction, intervention is critical. So often shame and perceived stigma keep us from reaching out and admitting that we've lost control. And so we remain trapped in the dark, in secret, precisely where addiction thrives and multiplies. Recovery only begins when we get real. Ephesians 5, 13 to 14 says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Because addiction begins to dissipate upon exposure and in truth, it is of critical importance that as the church, we foster a culture of authenticity, a culture that doesn't cast out, but rather calls back our prodigal sons and daughters and makes a safe space for them to come home. Addiction is so rife in our communities today that considering this topic taboo is no longer a relevant option. Understandably, the use of narcotics may be difficult to relate to for many of you here today. But if we as a church are genuine about leading broken people to life, it is critical that we try and understand and empathize with each other, 
that we seek out the similarities between us rather than the differences. Although an addiction like mine is a clear and obvious example of slavery, I think that when we stop to consider it, we will all be able to identify oppression in our own lives. Mindsets that keep us bound, things of this world that we engage with in a toxic way, that rob us of the capacity to walk into our full potential. Whether we are battling substance dependence, struggling to heal from trauma, are weighed down by depression or held back by anxiety, we can all benefit from a going out and a moving into. In essence, recovery is about wellness in all areas of life and about working towards our best version of ourselves. It is about freeing ourselves from self-defeating patterns and reconnecting with the God-given identity that was intended for us when we were formed. This is a journey that applies to all of us. In her book, The Ultimate Exodus, Danielle Strickland writes, Freedom is found in the awakened understanding of our purpose. Slavery, by contrast, starts with the temptation to forget who we truly are and why we are here. We are born for freedom. Our task in life is to come into agreement with God about who we are. So after all of this, how did I come to be standing here today? Firstly, when I was at my furthest from God, there was a group of prayer warriors who stood in the gap for me, petitioning for my salvation. These people who prayed for me with such perseverance were from this church. How is that for full circle? It included my parents, but also many of you, who hadn't even met me at the time. Belinda Bray, Jill Sachs, Crystal, and others. For all your prayers, I am grateful. I believe it was your consistent prayers that eventually landed me where I needed to be in 2014, in a long-term, Christ-based rehabilitation center. It was in that place and time that eventually the scales began to fall from my eyes. And I came to know the truth that sets us free. The truth that is able to completely transform us from the inside out. The truth that brings us back to life and makes us new. Prior to this, I'd been in several secular treatment facilities and had tried to sustain recovery in other ways, but with no success. Why? Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. I'd been through phases of sobriety where things changed on the outside for a while, but on the inside, everything stayed the same. Untangling my deeply woven web of dysfunction was something I couldn't manage on my own. But God could. And he did, and he continues to. All I had to do was make a decision to try and do things a different way, to follow his ways, to walk, in, to walk by faith and not by sight. I know without a shadow of doubt that the personal change I experienced in treatment was the result of God's grace because of all the times I had failed to achieve change on my own strength. I know this because only the creator of the universe could be capable of totally recrafting a heart and mind, of drafting a brand new spirit into the same old flesh. What is so beautiful about God is that he is able to turn any and all situations around, no matter how irreconcilable they may seem. Although all things may not be good, God can and will use all things for good if we let him. Out of an impossibly bleak situation, God has breathed new life and purpose for me. He has made a way where there was literally none. Opportunities to not only survive, but to flourish. He has put pivotal people in my life 
that have nurtured me, believed in me, seen me the way God sees me. This is not to say that the process has been simple or easy. Recovery from addiction is a journey, which definitely doesn't happen all at once. Like sanctification, it is an ongoing, evolving journey of shaping and sharpening as we learn to live in better, healthier ways. This requires time, perseverance, and a long-term recovery program. Today I'm grateful to be able to use my past experiences for a constructive purpose. I'm extremely blessed to work for an addiction recovery ministry called Project Exodus. Addiction affects at least 10% of any population, destructively impacting not only those people, but also their family members, friends, and communities. I believe that everyone sitting in this room is affected by addiction in some way, either directly through the bondage of someone that we know and love, or by the social ills that addiction contributes to. Although I had the privilege of spending an extended amount of time in a quality treatment center, which surrounded me with a genuine culture of recovery, empowered me with new perspectives, and equipped me with better coping skills, this is not the reality for most South Africans. In fact, 86% of the 3.3 million people in our country who need addiction treatment never receive it, mostly because treatment is expensive and honestly there aren't many effective alternatives. At Project Exodus, our vision is to completely rewrite the status quo. Recovery is possible and achievable for all people, no matter how unlikely it may seem. We know this because we know the power of salvation. But people need support, they need knowledge, and they need skills to be able to stand firm in freedom. It is our mission at Project Exodus to make expert, biblically aligned addiction recovery resources accessible and affordable for all people, regardless of their personal circumstances or socioeconomic status. We do this by harnessing the power and coverage of the local church, partnering with like-minded organizations like Home Ground, who understand the gravity of the addiction epidemic in our society and who have responded to the call to shine a light into that darkness. If you are in recovery, seeking recovery, a supporter, or just interested in being of service in this area, please join us for the Home Ground Recovery Group launch on Monday the 16th of November. In closing, I'd like to return to Romans 6.16. Don't you realize that grace frees you to choose your own master? But choose carefully, for you surrender yourself to become a servant, bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master, and it will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, he will lead you into perfect righteousness. This is my story. I pray that my message today will move at least one person here in a positive direction. Thank you for listening.